Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Department Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Glover. Hello, dear Lister. Hope you're well. We are back once again for the Renegade Master. It's another Monday evening, which means that some of us are in the RD virtual studio. And there is a lot to talk about uh, this episode, as there always is. And we really hope you enjoyed the previous episode with Mr. Chris Hay. Um, actually probably going to break our download record, which is great to see. So thank you very much. And also thank you for the lovely comments at racedepartment.com and a few mentions on Twitter that I've seen as well. So thank you. Uh, one of my colleagues cannot make it this week because they're washing their hair. So you're probably wondering, is it the Portuguese from Portugal or is it the Italian Stalin? Well, dear Lister, I'm happy to tell you that it is the man from Portugal Danny Montiero. Hello, hello. But wait, you were asking the listeners if they were wondering who is washing their hair, and I'm here, so I'm not washing my hair. So, well, indeed, yes. So one of yes. you is washing washing their hair. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the old, like the old. Left, it's so. obviously an old English kind of saying. You know, you you, you want to come out, and I'm busy. I'm washing my hair. Yeah, but you said, uh, but one of us is washing their hair and you're wondering who it is. Is it Danny or is it Davide? And then he said, it's Danny. And then he introduced me. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, I'm sure the anyway, listeners got yeah, it. Anyway, yeah, I might, I might have done that. But to be honest, I don't hear half the things that come out of my mouth. How are <laughs> you, surprised. sir? Are you good? I'm good, I'm good. How are I'm, you? I'm very good, thank you. A little bit tired, but uh, another busy day at the office as always on a Monday. But um, yeah. I was going to ask you, Last time we spoke on the podcast, you hadn't really been doing much sim racing. Has that changed? That has changed a little bit, yes. So I've Ooh, uh, recently got back to my rig a uh, couple of uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago after the podcast actually. Ah, oh. and I've been starting to try AMS two out. Oh wow, well, that's yes. great timing because that's one of the topics for this evening. So we're going to be covering uh, AMS two because it's had a couple of uh, recent updates and another one. Uh, at the weekend and there's some content that's you know keeps coming out for ams2 so we're gonna just touch about and have a little discussion of where we think ams2 is currently and when we say ams2 obviously we mean automobilista 2 and then we're going to turn our attention to r factor 2 they've got some new british touring car content on the way some new tracks have been announced and marcel uh the ceo uh at studio 397 is leaving um the, the guys so um we'll be no longer behind our factor two so we'll talk a little bit about that and then we're going to turn our attention to f1 2022 announcement was a couple of weeks ago and we're going to talk about some of the things that we different from the previous iteration of the game and not only obviously the new f1 22 cars and tires and then kevin magnuson uh, announced a partnership with aztec sim sports so we're going to touch on that for a few minutes and then something that i'm really looking forward to talking about is those of you who are in the UK and not necessarily abroad. I don't know how popular the British Touring Car Series is uh, elsewhere, but they've got a new hybrid system uh, in the series for the championship this year. And I watched round one and it's absolutely fascinating stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I sent Danny some homework. So I think he's done a little bit of, of swatting up so uh, we can talk about that this week. So without further ado, let's move on to topic number one. But Danny, in previous episodes, we've talked about Automobile Blister 2 and you've held your hands up and you've basically said, 
I haven't played it. You've just said mm -hmm. a moment ago that you've been playing it recently. Can I just ask you why the sudden interest? Uh, I think a bit of the reason was a bit similar to what happened with ACC when it came out initially and I got the early uh, access version, but I actually didn't play it for a long time while it was being developed. And once it was on a proper, stable and enjoyable like state, I started playing it and I played it for like, I don't know, two years and I haven't played anything else. And now I kind of had a bit enough of ACC and sim racing in general and I started seeing having a, having a look and at all the cards that have made it to the game and uh, all the updates that they keep on bringing and as they did uh, bring another one just on the weekend past. And uh, in light of that, I decided, well, and a few weeks ago, also when Chris was talking about AMS2 uh, passing by on the podcast, I thought, hmm, let me have a look again. And I did look at the yeah the club events here on Race Department that I've, and there was a spark again. I was like, hmm, maybe it's time to try this out. And I went and tried a few cars. And I, I enjoyed it, and it uh, yeah it was refreshing to play. To, it feels like a, a new game and a like a solid game now. So as that's what grabbed me basically. Yeah, I mean we've touched on this before. I think from my opinion, and I think the opinion of Bram as well. Actually, I I did I took part in one of the race department club races on Friday evening um, in the in the P two car. I think it is, which is a, a great kind of um, you know not too fast car. Um, not a, a bit of aero, not too ridiculous, and and because it's not one of the fastest cars, you generally race it around the smaller tracks. Uh, we did Autumn Park uh, at the weekend, two races around there, fifteen minutes, I think it was each mm. race, and it, and it is it is coming on leaps and bounds. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I felt like this for a while with AMS two, and and, and it is kind of, it is sometimes car dependent, but I tend to find the braking. In the game, really, I struggle, um, and even with cars with ABS, I seem to struggle quite quite a bit. Do you? How do you find the braking? Uh, I can't really say. I've tried only a few cars so far, okay. and I and I wonder if it's because you've been used to using ABS in ACC. And maybe, that could be, maybe you've been we like uh, myself as well. I've been used to stamp on the brake as hard as I can and then trail brake into the corner, but. Yeah, especially with cars without ABS, you definitely. I I found myself locking up. I tried the this sprint race car, which is the where you. This looks a bit like a Megan Trophy car. Yeah, I know the one. Race it in the middle. Yeah. Because uh, I was prepping for a Donington Club race that RD had, but then I couldn't make it. Uh, but um, so that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I did feel like I was locking my wheels very often because I've just been used to stomp on on the brake pedal. And also I tried the, um, I gave a go on with a lot of, uh, I had a go with a lot of the classic cars, like the old stock cars, the old DTM cars, the BMW M1 Pro car. And uh, very easily I was uh, also locking the brakes if I wasn't careful. So I think it's a matter of uh, readapting to a different driving style or a different braking style in this case. Um, Something that could be done is also maybe reduce the brake pressure on the on the setup. But yeah, then you're never no, I, optimizing I, yeah, that's the, one. The that's one of the things I do, and I also generally sort of take the the brake bias back a couple of clicks. Yes, yes, I noticed a lot that uh, yeah, this I noticed right away when I tried my first proper like test. Okay, let, let me do some laps with this sprint race car at Donington, and I was locking up all the time. Like, What's happening? And I went to the setup, and uh, yeah, the default setup had the brake bias way too much to the front. Uh, so I had to yeah put it a bit more to the back and uh, it's actually started uh, it was much better so maybe some cars do need a bit of tweaking to get uh, the braking right but uh, after that's done I guess it's mostly just getting used to it again 
Yeah, do, do, when you when you play it, does it does it remind you a little bit of Project Cars? Uh, initially, yes, because it looks good yeah, <laughs> compared yeah. to the other games that I play. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, what can I say? I it's hard because I inherently know that it came from Project Cars too, so I, yeah. I can't really. My brain knows it. There'll there'll be yeah. similarities, but. I use Project, Car Project Cars 2 to practice for my track days because yeah, it's that's right. I remember you yeah, saying it yeah, has yeah. knock hill and it has my car, so I've I've used it a, like a, a little bit last week because I had a track day last week. But AMS 2, I don't know. Uh, I need to play it a bit more, but of course I know there's some similarities. But at least I, the car, uh, I know I like the cars and the tracks that uh, AMS2 has that uh, no other yeah, game has, the Brazilian yeah, well, ones, yeah, the smaller ones, I mean, which are good for collaboration. That's, really. I, mean, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, and again, I think I've touched on this before. I and mean, one of the big selling points for AMS2 is the variety of content that is available. And, and you know, particularly the Brazilian tracks that aren't generally in other games other than the original Auto Ballista. Um, and, they, and they appeal because some of them... Because it's got, because let's be honest, if you look took some of the cars, like like some of the faster cars, like the new Formula Ultimate um, or uh, or anything else, kind of around that type, like the prototypes, they the, the smaller tracks can't you know can't really design for those kind of cars. Uh, but then you but then you've got the larger tracks, the Silverstones and whatnot, the the tracks that you know and Interlagos and so forth. So they're in the game, um, and I really like that uh variety um bram once was telling me he wants more from the mini that's in the game i haven't tried the mini actually because the auto ballista yeah, mini <laughs> the original bram mini in was amazing right so yeah it it's good. it's got a very very high bar yeah the, the i remember having some uh, actually the we had a few of the are the mini championships. Uh, I think the last one was actually on EMS one. And I, mm -hmm. I remember taking part and it was, the racing was great. And the car just, even though I've I've felt like I've always had enough of driving front wheel drive cars with, and touring cars and stuff, the minis were always great, great fun to, to drive. So I haven't actually tried the, the one on AMS too. Uh, it's, I know it's the more like uh, modern, it's, the, it's a, a different generation than the one on AMS yes. one. Yes, yes. But I haven't tried it yet, but uh, I'll have to give it a go and see. Have you but done I know that Bram, Bram is a bit mini-obsessed, well, so... Um, yeah, he is. Yeah, I, exactly. His expectations are yeah. quite high in yeah, yeah. compared to yeah, everybody else. You know, what? because oh, I, I, um, I helped broadcast, um, I think, the last mini-championship that Race Department did, and and what I was quite surprised with with the game was... Because I never... I'll be honest, I kind of auto ballista kind of passed me by... Um, yeah, you came a bit late to the scene. Yeah, yeah, and, and I discovered actually. I think we spoke. I found I had the original Auto Blister on CD, which I'm, I think must have come with my G27 wheel. I think I bought. I, I can't think any other time that no. I would have got. I would have got I that think game. It probably got R Factor One, not Total R Factor One. R Factor One, even. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> which is basically the same. Like I think yeah. the one well, is yeah, R yeah, because it's the same engine, like right? Just like MS2 is. Yeah, yeah just like MS2 is. Yeah, so, but even still, Auto Auto Ballista One just passed passed me by. So, um, I was given the game to be able to do be able to do the broadcast in the for the championship because I didn't own it to play. Um, and I was kind of blown away by the close racing in that particular mini and 
and how the game reacted rather well with like the contacts. Because let's be honest, some of some of the games you play now, because you've got um, we're online, it's quite hard for the developers to get to a point where door banging doesn't have any kind of you know um, unusual effects on the on the cars and can cause a collision when really yeah. in real life that wouldn't really yeah wouldn't really happen boxes, yeah. yeah yeah so um and that's really good to see and i think what brown wants he wants the same in ams2 because <laughs> it's 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 pretty realistic and and you never know they might they might get to that get to that point and then you know they're already up to version 1.3.6.0 now which is but then and then they recently released 3.1 yeah. as well so yeah. it's like it's con it's constant and they get so much praise from people you know churning these updates out um and when you if you can take time to to read the change log there's so much in there and and to be fair there's lots of stuff in there where i'm like well it doesn't really affect me because i've never i've never driven that car um yeah, what it's there sorry but it's there yeah but it's, it's there but it's yeah. there yeah indeed um and one of the things that i would like to see some changes to because uh, i'm i think it needs some work is the hud i think the hud is probably i would imagine way down their list um, because I, I'm guessing most of the focus is on is on gameplay, but I don't find the HUD um, uh, sort of easily to easy to configure um, and understand how to use it. You can um, move stuff about, I guess, like in Picars too, from what I understand. I yeah, I have most of it, uh, if not all of it, off. Most of it off, at least, because I have just been driving cars around uh, like a few tracks by myself, so I haven't really needed like lap times or positions or lap number of laps so i actually haven't used the hud at all except uh, for the yeah the basic uh, rev counter and gear indicator and so yeah for so i have i can't comment on that yet but um, if i guess if we spend some time uh, modulate like uh, making it work for us it can i guess be quite useful but i guess we need to spend some time working on it ourselves or Make yeah, it to our yeah, line, I think I you're right. It, it may, you know, it maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe the HUD will give me what I want, but the time I had, I did spend playing with it. It, um, it, like I say, it didn't didn't seem very um, self-explanatory and, and wasn't easy to give me what um, I was I was looking for. It always felt like it was kind of one or the other, not and not um, combined, unfortunately. But like I say, I've had some good races. And uh, AMS2, I'm, I'm also taking a part in uh, the next club racing event this Friday. I'm going to yes. be driving a GT1 around Spa for one. 60 minutes. Are you going to join? I think so. It's getting tempting. And uh, I'm going to do one tomorrow with some classic cars, but I, I sort of to join and I think I'm I'm tempted because it's uh, there. we're going to do like a day and night cycle. Yes. And I've never really driven a GT1 car in a, in a race. So... And yeah, you're going to be I, in I it, haven't so driven I have those you. yet, so I, so I need to try and if I can boot it up before Friday. Because <laughs> generally, generally, what happens is I is I turn up cold without really doing a lot of practice and wonder why I'm absolutely terrible for the first race. At least you know the track, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, but, but you should, yeah, I do, yeah, I do. But you know what it's like from game yeah, to game, the track's slightly different, isn't it? I mean, they're never quite the same. I mean, you know the layout, but. Yeah, Alton Park though saying that because it, it was a different layout on Friday it caught me caught me uh, off guard no no chicane uh, yeah that's right it cuts that bit out yeah yeah <laughs> so I was like flying down the <laughs> like going around the left hander 
flying to, to expect to go left again. And I was like, oh, oh, God, no, um, i got a break here. Uh, so, yeah, that took me a couple of laps to get used to that slight difference there. But, um, but yeah, no, really good fun. And, and the, um, the chat in uh, Discord is always good fun as well to be to be a part of. I did I, like I had to I had a bit of a whinge at the end because I, I was like we were like three three abreast and uh the car on, my, on the left and the car on my, on my right both decided to, to drive into me <laughs> and I'm like yeah guys yeah I got so like literally they just pincered me and I said at the end I said like guys you know that's not really how racing works you're supposed to give each other a bit of a bit of space. I mean I was good because I was actually going to back out of it cuz I'm like this is not going to work. One of us is going to end up but before I had the opportunity to back out, they literally both drove into me. And I was just like, that's not that's not quite what I was I kind of sarcastically went on the floor, went, you know, cars aren't ghosts, right? Like there's um yeah, but other other than that, uh, I found yeah. uh, the drive the driving and, and uh, the battling with other drivers, um and then I and then I would that I would bottle it. Um unfortunately. I bottled it <laughs> well, on the last on the last lap of the last race, on the final corner. Oh, I, um, I was overtaking a much slower car, got a little bit distracted by him and got a little bit impatient as well. And, and because of that, I, I kind of like scored an own goal and span around and there was off on the grass. And oh. when you're on the grass, it's quite, and I lost two places <laughs> in the final section. I was, and, you know, and it wasn't, but it wasn't the bat marker's fault. It was, it was my own fault. If I just eased off, I had time. I should have just eased off really, but I didn't. I was being impatient and wanted to cross that line. So, yeah, yeah I paid. Learned. I paid the penance, shall we mm. say? Um, have you tried the IndyCar content yet? Uh, no, to be honest, I I'm not oh. a big fan of uh, Formula cars in general. The fast ones because it's just too much. Too much for my. In Portuguese, we say it's too much sand for my truck. <laughs> you know? Okay. It's, right. Uh, I okay. can't. I, I do remember having tried. Uh, there was a really good mod, like a cart mod, for the MS1. I remember trying that back in the day, and it was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, it's um, it needs time to get to used to the car and to drive at those speeds and I just haven't had the uh, the mental energy to dedicate myself to get into formula cars so I haven't tried them yet but I've, I might just for the f like a few laps to try them eventually but I haven't yet have you checked out any, any liveries yet uh yes actually and uh -huh. you know what I found out that uh, like this was actually even before the pandemic uh, when the game was in closed uh, early access, uh, the devs gave uh, gave us uh, backers of the early access game some templates for some cars to make liveries, and I've uh, I was at work and at the time my job we had a lot of downtime so I said yeah I'll get uh, I'll get the templates and I'll do some some stuff here at work, and I painted some uh, some liveries and I sent them and I realized that some of them actually made it into the game. I actually was only checking yesterday, so um, I was quite happy to see some of my works there. But uh, yeah, that's you... quite that's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's quite cool. It's do you get recognition in the credits of the game? Have you know? Have uh, you looked? Uh, you mean when we leave the game? Well, uh, I don't actually... know. Well, some games do them at the end. Some days you can go. You can sometimes some games you can go and look for it. You know, while you're in the game. Have you... Yeah, I haven't. I haven't had a look. Okay, uh, but uh, I will. <laughs> I don't know actually if it's there. But yeah, where, where he's not, just ring up. Just text David Day. Get him to text Renato and uh, get him to sort yeah. it out. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, yeah. Or get or get your lawyer. You've got a lawyer, right? Yeah, you got a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm sharing is caring. I'm happy to have contributed <laughs> to the game. So, so um, so 
AMS2, what 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 excites you the most about it? Uh, what keeps you the, going? It's the classic content, and uh, I mean, I do looking at the very base of the game of the very first uh, game stock car uh, that came out. I do like the stock cars, the Brazilian stock cars. They are mm -hmm. a lot of fun. They're like no nonsense. There's no driving assists. It's a lot of power. Uh, they do have some. Uh, good uh, aero package so there's enough downforce from fast corners but you can still get them loose if you abuse the throttle so i find those uh, quite a lot of fun to drive and the sprint race is a bit similar just a bit smaller um but they're like fast uh real drive tour a bit like the megan trophy i remember having some races on r factor 2 with it and it was a blast and it's the same here but i also i i what i really love is the the classic cars i really love the bmw m1 for example. Oh, it's a great car, that. Yeah. It's amazing to drive. Yeah. And it's so yeah. nervous and the, the mid-engine, like, like... Yeah. Take uh, it around, take it around Nordschleife. It's great fun. I, I, I have yet to try the Nordschleife in this game. Uh, I've tried the only smaller tracks, but I have to try that. But yeah, mostly I'm... Have you driven, the, about... have you driven the Porsche Cup yet? Uh, long ago when I would try the game for maybe the first time. So okay. I haven't driven Can it I, I, rec I recommend Kyle Army at night Porsche Cup. Calami at night, Porsche Cup, okay. And just and then do a few laps or do a lap and just get out and watch. It just Didn't looks... you mention this before? Didn't don't you yeah. mean don't you mean the Porsche GTE? Yeah, or... yeah, oh yeah, GTE I think it might have been. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the sound is yeah. a bit more wild. Oh the thing is, right, there's not I I I think that's where the like this what AMS2 I think problems at the moment is the inconsistency. And that's not just the handling of some of the cars, um, but also the sounds. Mm. But, the, but the Porsche, mate, it just... And if you go and download deliveries of Race Department as well, and that really adds to it for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'll have to give it like a the golf, the golf liveried mm -hmm. Porsche. Put that on. Just drive around at night time and just look at how beautiful that looks and how good it sounds. Like, it's... it's it's yeah, it's just sublime. I just it just it does something for me that I that I that probably I, I think I, I can hear it in your voice. You're almost yeah, like yeah. Celebrating it, it kind of it kind of excites me a little bit. Like it's <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. Don't scare our listeners, please. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, and if you <laughs> yeah, have any I, small I, if you have any small children in the car, I apologize. Um, but um, but yeah, I think it. But it, it does some things really well. And I think I was talking to Bram about this on Friday as well, and he said, you know, it does some things really well, and then it does some things really not well at all. And I think that's where, the, you know, that's the, going to be the continuing development of the game because I think a lot of people see parallels with AMS1 and probably, if you, you know, with R-Factor 2 as well and other games out there that, you know, the continuing development, things will get better over time and and once that when they fix one car and also i mean we know they've been making some updates to tires and things like that and then, and the thing is is like and, and they've done this before where they've made changes to physics but what you've got to remember is then that they need once they made a change to the physics which is the underlying thing of the of the game um then they have to potentially go and tweak each individual car as well following that because yeah, i don't know what cars, level because so. when they say they make physics changes it could just be physics change for that car or it could be fundamental changes to the framework of the game. You know, there are different elements, aren't there? So, um, but I like the fact you could do real weather and it remembers the, the weather from the, the, the past, which I think is a good touch as well. Yeah, that's, that's quite nice. So if you want to cr create, you know, maybe Imola 
uh, gone just recently. You know, you can have it, have that weather that, that happened at the race, you know, if you really wanted to, if you're that way inclined. So, which I think is a good thing to have, right? It's, uh, the game does a lot of, a few, like, nice things that uh, others don't. And if you think about it, um, apart from ACC, uh, all other games always lack in some way or other, or either in the physics department or some cars feel better than others in yeah. the race room, yeah. and because cars get a bit, in a way, dropped because they're not relevant anymore as, as the more modern cars. And ACC manages because, compared to the other games, it doesn't have that many cars anymore. And the the older generations of cars in ACC have already kind of been dropped and not updated. So yeah, that's why AMS has a lot of more cars compared to ACC, for example. So it's um, they'll they'll take longer to keep up to date, and f but that's just normal. The same was with the AMS one. Yeah, and I've noticed that uh, like in the um, in the changelog, uh, one of the things that they've and I've also actually recently listened to an interview with uh, Renato himself um, after this uh, latest update, and they were mentioning. Uh, clutch um, uh, usage and clutch uh, damage um, implementation, which is something that I, from memory, Leave for Speed did back in the day. And I don't know, maybe it was built in in Project Cars 2 initially, I don't know, but I don't know of any other game that simulates clutch wear and damage, as in that you can actually ruin your clutch and totally like have no clutch if you abuse it. I think there's no other game uh, or at least no other sim that does I'm not, it. I'm not, normally it's engine damage rather than clutch damage, isn't it? Yeah, For, so yeah, there's yeah. yet again another nice touch that is, of course, it's a it's a realism piece that uh, other games don't have. So, yeah, the game, it's it's a gem. It's a sim racing gem, AMS2, and it will take time to get polished just like AMS1 did, but when I mean, it's near final, it's going to be an amazing this, game. We touched on this before. I mean, a lot, a lot of games, I think, can't do these kind of things now because I think for licensing reasons... But Grand Prix Three back in the day used to have car failures, you know. You'd be, you'd be absolutely having it on your on your keyboard racing against, <laughs> you know, whoever. And then next thing you know, you've got a gearbox gone. You're like, oh, I'm out of the race. And you kind of, yeah. you kind of feel those real emotions that a real driver does. Yeah, it's something um, so simple that yeah. can be programmed as a like yeah. a, a randomizer thing, but it gives you a, an immersion emotion of racing that yeah uh, and obviously you could turn that realism off and turn it on depending mm. what you like i wish and i wish more games would would, would throw that into the into games you know and not so much on online play obviously i'm talking more just single, yeah, player. single player yeah yeah, yeah. you know when you, if you want to do a career or it has to be fair for everyone yeah exactly totally exactly okay all right great stuff well i think that's ams2 Nicely mm -hmm. covered. Let's move on to the next topic. So with everything going on at Motorsport Games, uh, people have been wondering, what does that mean for R-Factor 2 and Studio 397? Well, one of the positives that's come out of Motorsport Games, I think, has to be the content and continuation of that content for R-Factor 2. So they've recently announced two tracks, uh, both British, of course, because we all know they're the best. And uh, one of them is one of my favorites, which is my local track, of course, which is Brands Hatch, and that is on its way to R-Factor 2. And then another British track in the in another popular one, uh, Donington Park, uh, both featured on the British Touring Car calendar. And I was starting to wonder about that. And then they go and announce a couple 
of British touring cars, the Infiniti Q50 and the Toyota Corolla GR Sport. So not every single um, BTC car, but uh, but they will have the uh, respective 2021 liveries from the 2021 season. And, and apparently Studio 397 also planned to release a 2022 update with new cars, with new cars and latest liveries latest this year. Danny, um, really pushing out the content at the moment, uh, Studio 397. Um, sort of, you know, uh, motorsport games came along, picked them up. They released a new UI and there's been content after content after content. It's definitely a positive yeah, we've talked already about all the debacle and the confusion and questions about all this stuff on the previous... Yes, uh, we have. So it's at least good to see that uh, despite all the grey areas about the BTCC, it's good to know and actually see that something is happening and at least some BTCC content is coming to at least one game, which in this case is R-Factor 2. So that's great. Um, I've... Um, I actually went to see the race uh, last year, and I can say that uh, that's actually the first time I I saw the, the Corolla GR Sport, and man, that car looks super nice. It, for just like a hatchback in the racing mode, it looks it looks beast, I think. And uh, it's nice to have also, and I think this is where the BTCC trumps most touring car championships nowadays, is that they allow rear-wheel drive as well with the Infiniti and uh, with the BMWs at least. So which gives give some more variety to the to the field so that um, the fact that they introduced a, two brand new cars that I, I think I'm pretty sure that it's the first game that shows these cars both these models it's a good thing and they even better is that they're going to update them to the 2022 spec with the hybrid uh, technology that they have now a bit later in the year so that's uh, that's also very good news yeah I mean it would be great to get more cars though from the from the yeah. grid wouldn't it I mean which they have announced that they will do eventually during well, the year. Well, I mean, it, it has have they? Or they just not? Are they just say we'll just update the current two cars, the twenty twenty two model? It's no, not from I remember they did mention that there's two cars for now, and okay. then uh, later they will uh, they will include uh, more cars, um, like the rest of the. That's what I remember reading at least. I might, now I might be wrong, but I'm pretty much. It says the first batch includes two BTC cars. Yeah. Uh, when okay. the new, but I'm pretty sure they meant uh, they mentioned that uh, the rest of the cars will come later. Yeah, to be fair, I say these two cars mark the first batch of British Touring Car Championship content to come to our factory. With which I, I think I'm supposed to say with somebody needs to use a spill checker uh, with more cars from the Premier British Racing Series set to be introduced over the coming months, set to release as part of the 2022 Q2 May content drop. Make sure you stay tuned. So um, yeah, that's that's brilliant. I mean, I love that the fact that you know there's this there's this content, and then you know as well as that, they've obviously released two fantastic tracks in Brands Hatch and Donington for these two cracky looking cars as well, which is great to see. Yes, yeah, so and let's say uh, that this means that there's not that many tracks left. Uh, for for them to make to get let's say a kind of complete BTCC package. Yeah. There's, uh, so I guess they're trying to keep on adding the content needed to eventually make R Factor Two a base game for having all the BTCC content. Well, so 
yeah, I mean, as we discussed in one, in one of the previous podcasts, I mean, there's a, there was a, a big question mark at the moment around the, the BTCC game that was announced. And maybe R Factor 2 is seeing the benefit of that. Yeah, because uh, if you, for example, and also by the nature of uh, the BTCC itself, uh, so they're adding right now Brands Hatch and Donington. And in the calendar, there's 10 races, well, 10 venues, or let's say 10 rounds, let's say. And they one of them is Brands Hatch, and the other one is Brands Hatch Indie. So by including one track, they include two. Yeah. The same with, um, well, actually, Donington, they're only using the national one, not the GP one. But with Silverstone, which is already in the game, there's Silverstone National that they... They do. Are, they do yeah. have the variation. So they're only really missing uh, Thruxton, Knockhill, Croft, and uh, Snetterton. And Thruxton is there twice in the calendar as well. So they're pretty much... Yeah, luckily the championship reuses a few of the tracks, so it should be possible, I believe, for them to get the whole calendar in this year. Hopefully, will be great. Uh, I know that some of the tracks exist as um, workshop um, mods already anyway, but uh, it's good to see official content coming in. And uh, yeah, like you say, it seems like BTCC, the BTCC game, whatever it was in shape or form it was meant to come out, it's not dead, it's definitely here. So it's it's reassuring at least. Yes, indeed. Um, and then uh, one, I guess, uh, downer for the guys at Studio 397 is uh, that Marcel uh, Offermans, um, the CEO at Studio 397, or the managing director, sorry, um, is, has announced that he's leaving uh, the company. Um, and, that, and that's a genuinely real shame. We, we, we don't know why he's decided to leave. Um, but I know he's released a video, which I haven't I haven't yet uh, had a chance to to watch, and he might allude to it. But at the same time, you know that might be a personal choice rather than a rather than a business decision. But I think it's a shame that you know. But sometimes people move on, don't they? And he's done some great stuff uh, with our facts too. Stuff that he should be proud of. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, he pretty much took over, or him and his team took our factor two from ISI when it was a bit. Uh, I wouldn't say in coma, but it was a bit in a limbo state and they pretty much revived it and brought it back to life and there's been a lot of... It's been basically the go-to endurance uh, sim, apart from, of course, iRacing, but uh, a lot of uh, private uh, leagues and championships use it and even some organized paid ones uh, use R-Factor 2 for um, endurance championships and it's been used for other kind of esports competitions and so on, so it was definitely a good turning point for R-Factor 2, which was looking like it was slowly but surely downhill. So he's done great, him and his team. And uh, I mean, just like uh, Stefano left ACC, uh, or Stef uh, Stefano left Kunos, sorry, when uh, the times, the final times of ACC came around and they found a publisher with 505. Maybe it was, sometimes it's just time to move on and do a new project. I don't know what Marcel has in mind, but I'm hope I'm, I'm sure he's happy with what he's done and I'm sure the R-Factor fans are grateful as well. So Indeed. It's, uh, Indeed. good news for him, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope. And I'll be interested to see, you know, what happens with others that are at Studio 397, see whether you see, you know, not some less prominent people decide to up and leave ship because generally people don't deal with change very well. Um, one other thing that I nearly forgot to mention is also they announced Laguna Seca as well. Yes. Uh, another tracks. So that's three tracks and two cars 
in 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 as many weeks, which is just uh, you know they're really pushing the content out, which is great to see. Are you a fan of Laguna? I I particularly I find it. it quite a frustrating track, but I mean I, I know a lot of people I know a lot mm-hmm. of people that love it. So once yeah. you get to grips with it, once you know where the like the traps are, and uh, once you know how to avoid them and get like especially the sausage curbs on the inside of some corners that can punch you out and throw it to the other side into the sand and then you get stuck and slow. But once you know how to, especially like the uphill part, the two left-handers that go uphill. Um, yeah, I know the bit you before mean. The, before the course crew. Yeah. That section, if you get it right, even though it's uphill and you can't really get that fast, but if you get it, if you nail it, it's a, it's a great feeling because um, in some, especially in ACC, for example, you can, with some cars, you, you, you sometimes only have to get, give a little, a big lift instead of braking. Uh, it's it's a good it's a nice track and the course crew is also yeah uh, an art to navigate and I think it's the track is very flowing you know, although it's quite short it uh, it goes up and down a lot and it's very flowing and I I love the track. It's a personal preference thing, but uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I have a love hate relationship with it. I think is I'll, I'll be being totally honest. Right, okay, so that's our factor two nicely covered. Let's move on to the next topic. As always, there's always a new F1 game approaching us fast and steady. And like every other season, we've got F1 2022 coming for a July 1st release. There was an initial trailer a couple of weeks ago now, but we're getting more and more information about the game, Danny. Um, Manual formation lap is now part of the, uh, the game where you have to put yourself into your pit box and you could potentially point the car uh, at another car, you know, as you see the many Formula 1 drivers do. There's a manual pit stop option now, and there's the new tyres, of course, the new the new uh, tr- threads that we're seeing out there. Um, new cars as well, obviously new tracks. We just, we just had Miami at the weekend, and they've also replaced Jim with, uh, with Mark Priestley. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on F1 2022? And uh, what you're seeing so far from the potential uh, new, um, I don't know if you would have called them features as such, but um, how they're kind of evolving the game. Well, as you know, I'm not a big uh, F1 fan or F1 game fan, but I did have a look at what's uh, what's coming uh, to this new game. And uh, I was quite interested, well, curious to see, yeah, the detail of, uh, because in a, since like the R-Factor 1, uh, it was possible to do formation laps, for example. Mm-hmm. And if you stop out too far ahead from your box, and then you get um, you get a penalty or you get put back on the pit or something. But here it's cool that you can, yeah, you can uh, plan your your angle of attack for the start to not have yeah to get a try to get a slingshot line already. So that's that's a nice touch. I've also noticed the um, again the the pit stop. Well, I I want to call it uh, same. Uh, not manual pit stop. I want to yeah, call it semi-automatic. It's semi-automatic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like um, it's a mini game, basically. Which yeah, is cool. yeah. It's a bit. It's like one of those. Um, I forget the game that came out of the PlayStation. Something Rain, when you kind of like you got told to push an X or a square. Uh, heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. That was it. It kind yeah. of reminds me like that. Is like you, you're you're kind of you, but your reaction time affects your pit stop time. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I like it. Um, of course. In the, in the full hardcore sim racing games, 
you have to drive in a pit lane and stop yourself and turn into your pit box. I mean, but how hard is that doing ACC? I mean, it's really, really complicated, like, to get it spot on. Yeah, it just requires practice. So I, I, I know that this is a game for the masses and it would be a, like frustrating if you, if your pit crew guy at the front always got knocked down every time you came to the, <laughs> <laughs> the pits. So uh, I'm, yeah, it, it's a, it's a fun game because a fun, uh, yeah, mini game because you have to time your turning into your pit box and then you have to uh, very quickly have, because we know how fast pits, uh, Formula One pit stops are. So yes. you have to very quickly be on your clutch and uh, releasing your clutch and getting your throttle ready, so you have to be, even though it's just a press of a few buttons, but it's like a, com a fast combo button that you have to get good at in order to optimize your pit stop. So it's a, it's a nice touch, for sure, because it's a very big part of a Formula 1 strategy uh, in the races, so it's it's good that I've, that I've uh, included that. Yeah, I think it's kind of a nice evolution, because I think if you, I think, you know, people, uh, you know, like, like any player of any game, you know, people want things now, um and and it's it's it is hard because you know a bit like fifa you know which for the of you don't know is a football or if you're american a soccer game mm -hmm. um where you know the game itself doesn't really change you know you've still got 11 players on the pitch um or 10 outfield players and obviously one in goal and you have a referee you have the two linesmen and you have a football um and you've got two teams trying to score a goal um, but they try and, you know, change the game engine and this and that to kind of keep it fresh and add new features into it. And I think these slight changes kind of around the making the game a little bit more interactive and giving you more options as a player, because if you don't want to do the formation lap, then nothing changes for you. If you want to stick with the automatic pit stops, then nothing changes for you. It doesn't take the game away from those people who are looking for simplicity in those areas right yeah that's a good it's good to have both yeah good so have it, gives, it gives you yeah. it gives a bit like what i was saying with the failures in grand prix 3 right if you didn't want them you don't have to have them but if you wanted that you can have them give me choice god damn it i want choice yeah so, so they're they're doing it right at least they're doing that part right which is yeah great. yeah i mean let's be honest i mean the game um that Codemasters, now EA, because obviously EA came along and snapped up Codemasters, you know, has its critics, and, and, and rightly so, in, in some areas, that there's been there's been some need for um, improvement. But as I touched on previously, I recently bought um, in Steam, I think it was like £14, for the game that was originally 80 quid, right? So, you know, you, you pay... You pay a lot of money if you want the game like the first, you know the day that it comes out um but if you're willing to wait like i am sometimes with these games um you know you can still have fun but I, it literally cost me like 14 pounds or 15 pounds which one are you talking about uh f1 2021 21 wow. yeah it's not even one year old yeah exactly that's exactly and that, but that's because because it uh, the game comes out every year right so yeah People so are already uh, like, it's a bit like rubbernecking where you see an accident down the road. People are already looking at the other game going, when am I going to get that game? And it's only about seven weeks away now as we record this. So, and that's how quick the game, because the game, because we were talking before we hit record, right? And you were saying, oh, I'll be out in November. But you forgot they bought the release date forward so it can run a little bit more in tandem with the season. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, because, that's an important Because thing. people, you know, by the time the game came out, the season was over. 
Um, yeah. So it has to be, it has to remain relevant. That's the reason, I guess, well, these games that have been in the market for a long time, like the FIFA ones, let's say FIFA 23 will come out at the end of this year, so it stays relevant the whole yes. next year. So I guess maybe they're trying to do the same or something similar, but at least they'll have half of the year still. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a good marketing move for sure. Yeah, and um, I know we touched on uh, F1 22, I think, a couple of podcasts ago when it originally got announced, and they talked about, you know, the new model uh, for the cars, but of course, there has to be a new model because the cars are different, and we're seeing that in the real... F1 season, the way the cars are still quick, but um, particularly the tyre model is going to be an interesting thing because, uh, you know, like, and uh, as a gamer, I think a lot of people are going to not like it um, because, you know, if you watch, the, especially, I think, race number one, it was kind of eye-opening to watch the two Mercedes and other cars come out on hard tyres and basically look like they are on ice for the first couple of laps until they're able to build the heat into those uh, tyres, the hard tyres. The mediums and the softs obviously warm up a little bit and to the point where the softs are you know, very easy to, to overheat. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle that element of the game. Um, and, and it's clear to watch when you're watching um, Formula 1 this season so far, even though we're only about five races in, we just had Miami, is the cars are clearly able to follow that little bit closer. So the rules are achieving what they're trying to what they're trying to do, which is good to see. They still have to back off a little bit because eventually the cars will start to overheat, as we've seen pre in previous years uh, in Formula One. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to take that and translate that into the F1 2022 game. And let's be honest, they probably won't from day one get it right, and that's why they're, they're able to release patches and updates. Yeah, to I mean, the game, just, right? It's normal like any, with yes. any game. And if, if people throw at them, especially a big studio like Codemasters and a big uh, publisher like EA, if they get a ton of criticism and uh, like critics and uh, feedback, it's just good stuff for them to be able to improve on and bring a better one or better updates or a better one next year. So it's it's all, yeah, the, they're, I'm sure they're a hardworking team. And I mean, Codemasters has been, uh, yeah amassing loads of experience in terms of car games so they i'm sure they whatever they're doing they're doing it with passion and they'll they'll do it as right as they can so even though i'm probably not gonna play it uh, well, no, i look it, forward exactly. to see it doesn't, yeah, what it doesn't it's really like. doesn't really doesn't really appeal to you i mean I let, i'll no, be honest but i like to see how it develops F, year F, after year f1 2021 is probably going to sit in my steam library for quite a bit of time being unplayed now you know like i played it for a few races and um, and my, my attention span is not what it what it once used to be, and <laughs> you know, and I've got bills to pay, job to do, and everything else. So, um, and a life to lead. So, um, I don't you need to I, get a I'm, kid to play. I'm not. To I'm not. Eight, I'm not 18 you. anymore. I live at my parents. You know, just and uh, didn't leave the house. So, uh, because all I would do is eat, sleep, and and drink. So, uh, and play games. So, yeah, life life changes. But it, it's good to see they're making some good steps forward. I I still. Watching some of the videos when F1 2021 came out, and even still now, there are still some odd bugs with safety cars and whatnot. So it'd be good if they could just sort of iron those little um, uh, things out. But uh, but other than that, I've, I've I mean the one I played in F1 2021, it's it's a completely. I mean you forget how much different it is to GT3 racing. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, yeah, I see they got like the. I've watched a few preview like the previews of the F1 2022 and it. They almost make it look easy, and I feel ah, it must be such an arcade game. Look at how, look at it, like how the car looks like it's on rails, and but I'm sure that if I try because I've, when I 
just for fun, try a few Formula cars in AMS2 or something like oh. this, or, or an AC1. I have no, I can't control, it's, it's just madness. It's just yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, I, I have to I have to play F1 2021 with a, with a little bit of traction control on. I have to. Otherwise, it takes the, it takes the enjoyment out of the game for me. Um, and, I, and over time, as I play it, it uh, you know, if I was able to put dedicate the time and effort into it, then maybe I'll get to a point where that, you know, that is off. But it's the, um, yeah, I think it's, it's the only, the I think it's the only aid I leave on is just the traction. Oh, and also I, I, I get it to do the ER, the ERs automatically for me because that's the thing, right? Is that even with a Formula Rim that I have, I don't know how Formula One drivers do it because, but also I think because I'm not a Formula One driver, I try and do things when I shouldn't do things, if that makes sense. Right, so it's a bit like, a bit like when you're doing an endurance race and someone decides to talk to you during a corner. You're like, why are you talking to me when I'm in a corner and not? <laughs> but but in, in but in my brain, I'm like, oh, I'm going around a corner. You're not going to do it. I'm going to tweak the ERS, and I wonder why I go off, right? Because yeah, I'm it's... not waiting to the straight <laughs> and things like. And I'm thinking, how do Formula One drivers do this? But then they do it. Every, it's their job, man. It's their job, right? So they're going to yeah. be good at and it the because they've been they carting since they were like little nippers. Um, so yeah, but it kind of makes you appreciate because everything comes at you so fast. It makes you appreciate the mind of an F1 driver. And I'm sure that many of the things they do is second nature. I mean, of course, exactly. for us driving a car, we don't think about gears and clutch. Yes, we drive normally, but for them, adjusting stuff on the fly in mid corners is yeah. also second nature because remarkable. Just, yeah. It genuinely is remarkable, and it kind of gives you a small insight to how good a Formula 1 driver is and we'll also talk try to mention that a little bit when we when we come to talk about British toy cars at the end as well so there we go right that's from F1 2022 uh, coming to you for July the 1st release can I just want to before we move on I just want to touch on the price of this game so uh, for the standard game it's 49.99 British pounds which isn't cheap um, or you can pre-purchase the Champions Edition, which also has a limited time bonus as well. And that will cost you 70 of your great British pounds as well. And, and um, what I find quite interesting now is like, it, it not just with F1 2022, but other games as well, they'll do things like three days early access. Um, you'll get, uh, you'll get uh, a, a certain T-shirt design you can put on your driver uh, in the car. And also, if you pre-order by May the 16th, you'll get a Miami-themed content pack. Uh, you'll also get new My Team icons. Like, I, I get that that appeals to some people. I just not it's appeal to me. It's like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, some people absolutely, absolutely love it. But 80 quid for a game still blows my mind. But that's just not F1 2022. It's very common now that that is the amount of, amount of money that um, games are uh, costing you. And you also get some coins to spend in the game as well. Right. Okay, so that's F1 2022 done. Moving on to the next topic. Danish Formula One driver Kevin Magnussen was recently announced in some news slash blog that he has joined uh, uh, in partnership with Aztec Simsports. And it says the headline here is Kevin Magnussen and Aztec Simsports to bring the true F1 feeling to sim racing. So it says uh, the acclaimed Danish race driver, race car driver, sorry, currently competing in the Formula 1 for Haas 
F1 team will work closely with our engineers on developing sim racing products that replicate the true feeling of an F1 car. And that will, I mean, it won't necessarily appeal to you so much, will it? But it will appeal to quite a few people, this. Well, yeah, to me, it, what can I say? It doesn't appeal because I already have some good enough pedals and I don't spend enough time or I don't have enough uh, drive to find an extra tenth and therefore spend uh, money on even better pedals. But for people that are maybe trying to no, well, not getting into sim racing, but getting to upgrading their gear into something really high-end, and they are looking, hmm, should I go Fanatec, should I go Husingveld, what should I go, should I go Leo Bodnar? Uh, it's a good, well, this is a good option, I guess, because uh, there's there's been a few pedals with uh, hydraulic systems before, but of course, when you have feedback from a Formula 1 driver, there's, I guess, it's the small... It's your unique selling point, right? It gives the company a little, a nice edge. Yeah. And uh, by the way, actually, in the picture of the blog of, of this article, blurred away in the in the second plan or like in the background behind Kevin is his cousin uh, Dennis Lin, who is a very very good GT3 driver, and British GT champion actually. So yeah, it's uh, I'm sure he's giving his feedback as well. So yeah, because uh, I mean, let's let's be honest, not every not every sim racer. Races Formula One games. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think one. Uh, I, you know, I think no. Eight, but G, how it G, I mean, GT. I mean, there's a lot of GT3 racing that takes place for for a reason because they're very competitive cars. You know, they're a little bit more um, accessible than Formula One cars, which we, you know, we just we just been talking about. I mean, they are very hard to drive, very fast pace. Um, don't necessarily make for good multiplayer racing unless the people racing them have put hours and hours and hours into and, it, and you know the the Formula One esports guys make it make it look amazing because they are good at it because they spent years in their bedrooms <laughs> practicing. I I don't have that luxury. So when I race, I want to race something that is going to be relatively you know not not easy to drive, but with a bit of a challenge. And um and if and if maybe they bring out a set of pedals that are Formula One focused, perhaps or and they might have another set that are GT three. I don't know, but I think that. Mostly because there's already uh, quite a lot of pedals in the market. There are. Uh, different pedal sets. And also, as it has always been, and I, I never get tired to repeat, most of the top guys like uh, in many championships, be it iRacing, ACC, whatever, like uh, F1, many of the guys used like G27s or G29s, yeah. and they can be fast because they just get used to that specific hardware. I think here the point is to actually have an experience of how the pedals in an F1 car feel like. Because no matter how fast you are with a G27, you will never know what a Formula 1 car feels like unless you drive one. Or unless you have some pedals that has that have been developed with the insights of an actual Formula 1 driver. And I think that's the key here. And of course it can make you faster if you get used to and know how to optimize the use of these pedals. But um, the point I think here is yeah, the, the insight and the, the knowledge and the know-how that comes from an F1 driver, which I think is great. Because, for example, when you've had steering wheels from Thirst, uh, Thrustmaster, I remember the, the Ferrari one that came out, the first one, there was Alonso all over it and there was press releases and he was on the photos and stuff like that. But it was still a very watered-down wheel for a generally large consumer market. And this is 
these pedals are something very specific and they are not cheap, but um, yeah, they're really for the people that are looking for that extra uh, bit of realism out of uh, their their gear. So it could be interesting. I'm unfortunately it's not me. Uh, I'm not that that high level, but uh, actually I know a few guys that race with me with um, in my endurance uh, team on ACC, and I I know one of them would actually be interested in this, so I might actually let him know. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he buys them, and I'll definitely ask him for his feedback once he mm -hmm. tries. Yeah, I mean, I have um, I think I've touched this before when I went to Sim Racing Expo in 2019. I, because I was with Race Department, the, the guys at the Wave in Italy stand at a simulator, which I think cost around about 50,000 euros at the time. Um, and, uh, no, and it was coming to the end of the day, and I was like, because I've been on my feet all day kind of doing stuff for Race Department, I was like, can I... Do you mind if I have a go? They're like, yeah, not a problem. You can, you know, we'll get you in there. You can have a go. So, and I was really surprised how much force was needed for me to apply um, the brake. Um, so when you go for proper realism, you know, you are expecting to them basically, because what you, what you got to remember is when a Formula One drive, so I, really, I, can't, I can't remember when I might have been, what was I watching? Was I watching something about simulators? And they were saying, when you're in a simulator, when you're braking, you're not in a, in a real moving vehicle, right? So you don't have mm -hmm. the G-forces. When you brake, you are using the G-forces to help you brake, right? Yeah, like so your body is yeah, moving in a way. That's right, because you know, you're getting the inertia when you're slowing down and as you're pulling on the brake, you can push hard on the brake because the G-forces... So when you are in a sim rig, you can't use the brake like like you like you no, would. you have to like push yourself away from yeah. the brake by yeah. pressing the brake. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I can't remember... It might, you know, it might have been Chris Hay, the last podcast we were talking about. I can't remember when this... How, how this got into my brain. It might even be when I was watching Sky Sports. I can't remember. I just remember the fact cause, because I was like, oh, yeah, that makes blooming sense, doesn't it, when you really think about it? But it's not something you really think about, is it? No, and, uh, well, but at the same time, uh, we have to remember that Formula cars, at, or at least the, the high-end uh, cars, um, because I've tried this uh, Formula, like, race experience. There was some, yeah. I think it was a... a and at Knock Hill, and they have no ABS, and, um, and I mean, they have no power like uh, brakes. There's no servo brake servo to assist, like in a road car. Yeah. So the brake is super stiff and super heavy. Even though I was on a like on hitting the limiter on a straight, and then I break down with all my G forces into the brake pedal, the pedal was still super super stiff, and I still, even though my body was going with the G forces, I still had to proper hammer the pedal to actually get the car. To, and I could feel like the more uh, pressure I put on it, the the quicker the car was stopping. But um, even though you have your old G, of course, okay, Formula One, you have more because of the speed you're going at when you brake. But you still have to apply a lot of force. So I don't think it's a, really a matter of in sim racing you don't have G forces, therefore you have to push a lot. I think in in general, maybe sim racing pedals should be a tiny bit weaker than the real thing. I think so. Yeah, you can't you can't rep, you can't fully replicate it. No. You can't because you don't you don't have the 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 same you don't have the G forces required to help to assist you, um, and and to be honest, I think you know whilst 
I'm back at the gym and I'm doing squats and everything else and I'm building up muscle in my legs. It's It gets very tiring very quickly having to push a, a pedal that hard. So I don't, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, any, like, what are you going for? Because again, you know, when Kevin is testing these sim pedals, what's he looking for? Is he looking for a pedal that's hard to, and you got to remember, a lot of these cars now are brake by wire as well, aren't they? You know, these True. modern cars. Um, what what are you actually looking for? Are you looking for the feel or are you looking for the kind of pressure you apply to a pedal? Um, and I guess a lot of that, again, like anything that we talk about in sim racing, it comes down to personal preference, right? And as, yeah, and uh, so we might get his own preference and we, he might be designing and tailoring the perfect pedals for himself, but it might not be at yeah. least the perfect pedals for everyone. And yeah. for example, also, uh, if you think about like G27 pedals and so on, it's basically a linear, well, you can of course tweak curves then in software of how by pressing your pedal linearly, how much of a different kind of curve you want to have in your pedals so that at the end of the travel, the curve goes up. So it actually breaks more or, or in, inversely, it breaks more initially and then less as you keep pressing the pedal. So all these things can be tweaked anyway via software. But I think, for example, in this kind of pedals that Kevin's... Uh, uh, helping to develop it's more about the let's call it analog feel because it's um well you know i have the housing welds and they have um yeah they measure it via strain gauge but basically what's resisting the motion of the pedal lever itself it's um some rubber bushings basically uh and I, as i compress those rubber bushings the pedal will move and then it'll be pulled back because it's just it's rubber but here on these ones from what i understand it's uh it's a hydraulic system so it's oil under pressure that as you press, it just pressurizes, just a bit like a, in a real car. So you could adjust, you could change different types of uh, braking fluids, let's call it, um, and the feeling would be different. So I guess the, um, the adjustability on these ones to fine tune the feel is going to be much greater than anything else that at least I've heard of. So yeah, it's, it's super, it feels super highly specialized. It's cool, but it's definitely not for, for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. When these when these sim these Aztec sim sport pedals kind of got released, I I'll be honest. They the the look of them doesn't doesn't appeal to me, um, from a personal preference. But I mean, uh, they're, they're, look. They're, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I I think aesthetics are important in my eyes, but not everybody feels the same. Mm. I'm sure. But I mean, what's really good in the sim racing market is the amount of pedals now in that kind of five hundred euro price point and i think as you kind of alluded to a few minutes ago there's a there's a lot of products in this space now um and you know and maybe getting someone like magnuson on board is kind of a way of kind of standing out amongst the crowd because it is becoming more of a flooded market mm. i mean when we're talking yeah, flooded we're not speak. talking like the same kind of you know thing when you talk about mobile phones it's not that flooded no. but, it, but it has but it is growing it is growing mm. yeah they have to it's their own usb so yeah yeah. That's off to them. Because yeah. I know the company, from what I've checked, the company was basically, well, primarily a, a liquid cooling uh, That's right. Yeah, they started in PC so. accessories and whatnot. So yeah. they're just branching out and they have a good USB, so it's I mean, good on them. Yeah, it's it's good it's good to see. And, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of influence Kevin Magnuson has on the product and, and, on, and on the company as as well. And um, so... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. And maybe we'll see more of these partnerships um, coming along. I mean, obviously, we've seen manufacturer partnerships with the likes of Fanatec 
um, and whatnot out there and Thrustmaster. So, yeah, let's see what other partnerships, you know, with individual drivers uh, from sim racing manufacturers or hardware um, can bring to, uh, to sim racing. Okay, that's fantastic stuff. Right, on to the final topic. So, uh, British Touring Car Championship in the UK uh, had round one uh, the other week. I watched it. Um, I would like to tell you what track it was at. And I really Donington can't... Donington National. Yeah, I was about to say Donington, but I wasn't 100% sure. So I'm glad <laughs> you stepped in. Um, okay, the reason we're talking about British Touring Cars is because I wasn't, I wasn't aware of this until I started watching uh, the first round. And it turns out that British Touring Cars are leading the way and they have a new hybrid uh, solution, so uh, which is quite um, revolutionary uh, by the looks of it. And I, and I watched um, kind of a, a video done by, in the UK, ITV is a channel over here, for those of you who don't know, and they, they broadcast uh, the British Touring Cars on ITV4. So it's kind of tucked away. It's kind of, you have to go looking for it. But they broadcast about six to eight hours uh, when the rounds are on because there's normally about three races uh, around. And uh, as well as that, there's there's Formula Ford and other things going on as well, like Ginettas and whatnot. But I'll be honest, I skip all that and, and go straight to the British Touring Cars. But I watched um, the uh, kind of video around the hybrid uh, engine. So for those of you who don't know, in British Touring Cars, uh, in previous years, there's been a weight ballast. So when you win a race or if you come in certain positions, you get weight added to the car and that's to try and keep the field closely packed together. Um, and now they have these new hybrid uh, engines. So what they've done is they've taken away the weight ballast and given the cars a boost. I think it's 15 seconds of boost that they get. Yep. So think of it like IndyCar, like the overtake button they get for like a certain amount of time. But you get 15 seconds per lap. Now, here's the interesting thing, is you can't just use it willy-nilly. You have to use the 15 seconds in one go, right? So you have to choose and be smart about it. Now, I mentioned a moment ago, they've got rid of the weight balance. So what they've done is if you win the race, they reduce the amount of laps that you have that available. So in Donington... Wait, was it... Okay, I'm sorry, was it not the amount of seconds you have per lap? No, no. You ah. get, so it's the, the you get less laps. So Donington was, I think, a 16-lap race. So in the, at, the, at race one, everybody had 15 laps to push that button, right? Okay. By the final race, I think some cars only had six. Because they won, they did well in yeah, they did race well. And they, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, because I, I, I don't follow British Touring Cars enough. I don't quite know how they how like how they decide how much ballast or now you know how much restriction on the on the on the extra boost you get from these hybrid engines. Um, but also, what's quite interesting is when they leave the pits, they have to do so on electric power. Right, yeah, and then thing. a bit like the WEC. Yeah, and then but then what they have to do to get to get the engine to kick in, they have to kind of jump start the car, and in race, I think it might be race two. One of the car's drive shafts came off, Ouch. and the and the commentators are like, I wonder if that's because of the jolting that these cars now have to go under when they're starting the in, trying to kick up the engine because that must potentially be putting stress under the drive shaft. Um, it was just a theory, you know, nothing. 
I haven't read anything or heard anything anything since then. Um, and uh, yeah, and these engines are because of the hybrid solution, they are more powerful. The cars are of course heavier because they now have a battery pack apart on the car. But what's interesting is the, the how it kind of it's it the racing was unbelievable because it still kept it close. Um, and they have to be a bit smarter. The drivers have to think a bit differently because it's not like where the weight from the... When you had the ballast, the weight ballast before, the car was consistent, right? So you knew what it was going to be like lap to lap. As where now you are, the driver's having to think, well, when do I use this extra bit of 15 seconds of power? Do I use it, you know, if I use it to defend in the, in the first few laps, like a couple of laps, that leaves me only with a few laps left to try and make gains as the race progresses. I mean... I'd be interested to talk to a British touring car driver to see how maybe they've had to adapt their driving style to this. And it's it's genuinely quite good to see that they, 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 they've launched it because it, it, I think it's kind of leading the way a little bit. Yeah, also, uh, yeah, they are the first, uh, let's say, uh, touring car series to implement uh, hybrid yeah, technology, yeah. which is great. Also, a new, um, a specific aspect that I enjoyed uh, learning about this uh, Package and this new rule set is that um, not only yeah, like you said, you have to leave the the pit lane in electric power only, but also uh, the um, the power like the push the power button that you press on your wheel to get the the extra boost of power. You can only press it uh, above 120 kilometers per oh, hour. Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah, so yeah. So you cannot just like do a sharp corner or a hairpin and then press it and away you go. No, you have to wait until you're up to 120. And there's a it's a, almost like a mini game uh, because you cannot also you cannot just like be holding the button and waiting and, and for it to kick in. You actually have to press it once you're above 120. And if you press it, let's say when you're driving at 118 or 19, uh, it won't work. But you might think, okay, I'll just tap it again. No, because when you once you, when you each time you press the button, the button locks. I think for two seconds or something. So if you press at 119. Then you're screwed because then you're up to 120, but you cannot press the button for two seconds, so you lose two seconds of boost. Yeah. So you have to actually time it like quite well. So it's the drivers have to really. It's not an automatic or semi-automatic uh, yeah. boost. It's a it's a proper. It's just something else they got they got to think about. Not yeah. only they got they potentially got to you know think about defending from one car and potentially attacking another car because if you've watched. Uh, British touring cars. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the the field is generally pretty close together, and there's a lot of action. You know, a lot of, you know, tapping of cars, potentially spinning another car around, and the, so when is that melee kind of going on? You've now got to watch your speed ho and making sure you're not pushing the button too early, and then when you push the button, that you that you can use those whole fifteen seconds as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it just adds an, another element. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying about Formula One drivers. You know, like there's so much going on in that cockpit and things I've got to think about. And and that was the thing they t the, the ITV uh, presenters touched on uh, before race one for the, new, for the new season is that, you know, these drivers have got to adapt. And as, they, and, and as they do it more and more, they'll get better and smarter at it and actually learn how best to utilise um, this new system. And of course... It will also introduce failures as well, as we've seen in Formula One with hybrid systems. Mm. Um, there will there will be failures from time to time, um, and um, uh, and also um, the live timing when you're watching on the TV uh, has like a little indicator 
of when the, it's being used. And also there's a light on the car as well to indicate that the car is using uh, their boost as, as well. So a um, couple of things there to think about. And obviously for the stewards, they have to kind of approach cars and things a bit like Formula One, really. You've just got to be careful yeah. with it because if you, if you get you get a nasty shock from these systems, they pack they pack quite a bit of whack, apparently. So um, you got to be... Allows, um, like also in replay footage and so on, it allows other teams to analyze, okay, the guy used the boost there. Yes. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good, um, yeah. And as you touched on as well, they, they have cars that are rear-wheel drive and front-wheel drive, you know? Like, it's it's a good assortment. And, and you know, like the BMWs in particular do well at certain tracks. And, and not so, you know, a bit like when you look at uh, Mercedes and Red Bull over the last few years in Formula 1, you know, the Mercedes suits different tracks. You find, you get that in British touring cars as well because some cars mm. are better at low revs and whatnot and, and so forth, so. Yeah, so it's, uh, I, f I feel like, uh, even though, of course, uh, there's also the stock engine. Uh, it used to be Swindon engines, if I'm not mistaken, and now there are, I think, M Sport engines. But the the the, the teams can also bring their own uh, engines as long as they comply to a certain to certain regulations. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, the BTCC has a good chance of. Uh, I'm not gonna say like back to the hype of the super super touring era, but I it has a good chance to broaden its uh, spectrum of uh, viewers uh, yeah. now with this with this hybrid stuff and uh, with the yeah with so, such a variety of cars i think it has a good chance of uh, attracting more audience I think as it's got, the leading yeah. uh, touring car champion i think it's genuinely got an upper hand here hasn't it yes it's got both rear wheel drive and front wheel drive cars yeah it's got huge grids uh, uh very uh, and not like huge grids of two or three cars that's like there's like more than 10 or 12 different uh, models driving um, yeah. on the on the track, um, amazing like uh, tracks for battles for touring cars, and uh, yeah, they have now this hybrid system and they're the first to do it. So they have a really good chance to to establish themselves again as the top uh, touring championship in the world. Okay, there's the there's the Australian ones doing something totally different, also to totally cool, but it's on the total opposite side of the planet. So at least for Europe, they have a chance to at least take the upper hand on WTCR, I think. We'll have to see, time will tell, but they they seem to be on the right track. Yeah, and um, as we record this, it's Monday evening, and uh, when we release this on Friday, that'll be the weekend, just just before they, they, um, they're they at Brands Hatch the weekend that this releases, so... Um, Are you gonna watch it? Uh, I might see if any... Ah, you know you wanna, come on. It's yeah. India as you know, well, right? You know, yeah, well, the so... thing is, right? So I, I'll be honest, I prefer watching motorsport when I'm when it's on TV, right? Because when, because the, the the races are so sparse at British touring cars, you, you, there's a lot there's a lot of time waiting around. And, and if the weather's good, I might go. I am a mm. fair weather. I'm a fair weather person. Mm. I'll, you I'll could be surprised. holding my hand up here. <laughs> you so. would be surprised by the support races. The I think the Porsche Cup... Uh, yeah, that's generally race. pretty good. I did, I did are, watch that on I mean, ITV the other week. Yes, yeah. they are very good. At least when I went to see them at Nokia, yeah. they were great. So yeah. um, you'd be surprised. And also, since it's a Brand Hatch Indy, there is a chance that uh, there's lapping of slower cars. So yeah. that could play a factor as well. So Indeed. It should be a good... I mean, yeah, if the weather is good, definitely try it. I, I would recommend going there. Yeah, well, I'm busy. I'm busy on the full team, so it all depends uh, how many drinks I have. So <laughs> if I actually if I actually get up on the Sunday 
morning. But yeah, you know, British touring cars, I, I think has kind of been in a bit of a lull. Um, and I'm genuinely kind of like, this kind of goes back to the whole thing at the beginning about R Factor 2. You know, if, if they, if, if, if those British touring cars, the 2022, this year's cars end up in R Factor 2, and we've got this hybrid solution that it that it has to, we have to work with. And what would be great is if they can build it in, so if you can build a championship when it works out, you know, the restriction of how much boost you get on like a, a championship, that would be fantastic as well. That, but I honestly can't mm, see that happening. But... No, well, realistically, it, yeah, would be great. But it's I'm, just I'm got, it's just got so much... It's like, it's, just, it's a bit... It's kind of like... I, it, it, <laughs> As you kind of alluded to, like it's kind of like leading the way, and it's got a huge opportunity here. And then just to kind of top the, the the cream on the top would be the game. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of like it would get so many people involved. I feel I feel like that it's feel it's just a shame that it's fallen the way it's fallen because it's kind of an opportunity missed. Which do you know? It's, does that make sense? Yeah, but if you if you compare, for example, do you remember? Of course, you remember the good old days of the Tokyo Touring Car yes. Racing game oh, from yes. ninety seven, ninety eight. Back then, games were much simpler to make. Yeah. And, uh, well, of course, the computing power took, like, maybe took just as long, but they were much more um, rudimental in terms of the physics and the detail. So it was easier to make a game. But nowadays, there's so much, uh, of course, design, graphic designers are much uh, more proficient and so on, but maybe just the resources needed overall to make a game uh, of current standards is much higher and maybe Studio 397 don't have, you know, I don't know, but it would be great to see a full-fledged game or it at would, least full, a full-fledged really set would. of features to apply the regulations yeah. for the game. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It, let's let's hope. I, I have good hopes and uh, good goodwill for this. So, yeah, I'm going to do my, my prayers, my dances. Okay. And uh, you do that. The best. You do mm -hmm. that. <laughs> You do whatever makes you happy, my friend. Yes. Right. Uh, so that's the, the main topics over and done with. Uh, just a few couple of worthy mentions. Uh, Simracing.gp has uh, been busy behind the scenes with a new rebrand. Uh, so there's details on that on racedepartment.com. Uh, They've got a new logo, some new colors, um, which is absolutely fantastic. Looking really, really good. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Race Department Racing Club at the moment. Uh, we've got the World Challenge Europe, which is being hosted on simracing.gp. You've got British Touring Cars content being raced uh, this Friday, as when this comes out. So uh, by the time you listen to this, you've probably missed it. But they're racing at Brands Hatch Indy in the new content. Uh, you've got Lotus 49 versus Ferrari 458 at Mugello. I mean, in AC, you've got Abar 500 versus the Mazda MX-5 at Bathurst, also in AC. And then you've got some uh, Tatus uh, racing going on. It's called the Eurovision Special. That's actually happening tonight. But it's just, there's some great mixture of content. So if the stuff out there uh, that you're seeing in ACC and everything else isn't, isn't appealing to you, make sure you get premiership membership and check out our racing club event at racedepartment.com. Uh, Danny! It's been rather pleasant, hasn't it? Just you and I. Yeah, we've we've made it quite a compact way, just over an hour. So we've been yeah, efficient. yeah, not bad. Yeah, well, when you haven't got the uh, Italian here, it makes quite a quite quite a difference. As you, as you were saying before we started hitting records, you know, like it should be a nice nicer podcast. 
Um, right. <laughs> Quicker, right? Every day, if you're listening, you know we miss you and all that stuff. That's just bloody 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 bloody. Yes, yeah. What one of us might miss you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to check out our YouTube uh, channel. Uh, just search for Race Department at YouTube.com. Don't forget we got a Twitch channel as well. Though I don't think we've done much on that recently. But we've done a few things. We probably do some esports things coming up. And don't forget you can check us out on Twitter the Insta and the Bookface. And we also have a Discord server uh, for all of your racing needs. So that's where all the voice chats for our club racing events uh, take place. Any closing remarks, Mr. Danny? Uh, more peace and keep on racing. And let's get uh, let's race on AMS2 on Friday. Uh, I think, yeah, I want to do it. I want to yeah. race you and we can talk about it next time. Yes. Yeah, let's... Uh, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to take part in a few of the club racing events where I can at Race Department because I feel like I've been a bit quiet there and, uh, yeah, I've been uh, been joining joining them. And I, I, literally, my one aim is just to beat Bram. That's all I care about. <laughs> my aim so, is to beat you, so yeah, let's go. Oh, well, that's easily. <laughs> I think you're faster than me anyway, so you'll be absolutely fine. That's not, that's not a problem okay well thank you very much everybody for listening hope you've enjoyed this shorter episode after uh, the foul-mouthed chris hay uh last week i do a couple of edits there <laughs> <laughs> dropped a couple of bombs but uh, no no problem at all i noted down the time they happened and i edited them so uh, yeah uh, well we've got another guest coming on next week so we've got uh or next podcast even uh tariq gamil uh, some of you may know the name uh, he races for Williams Esports, so he'll be joining, uh, come and talk to us. So he's the first esports uh, driver that we have, and we're going to try and line up at some other guests as well. So, uh, yeah, we really enjoy making those podcasts as well as these, but obviously news can sometimes dry up just a little bit for us. So, uh, you know, we don't want to constantly be scraping that barrel. And as we head towards the summer months, uh, David Day's window will once again be open and we can hear the Italian traffic in the background but we will be taking taking as always a summer break to not just for you but for also for us uh and let the news build up and the content build up but we can go enjoy uh the sunshine with our friends and family which let's be honest the last couple of years have been a little bit restrictive so uh, it's good to get out there and and socialize but uh Anyway, I have completely digressed as always, but uh, thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. He's been Danny Montiero. I've been Paul Glover. This has been the Race Department Podcast. Cheerio.